A brief update. It's May the 12th, 2024. I've released just two episodes of this year. My father-in-law passed away in January. He bravely fought a multitude of health issues for well over 15 years. Rest in peace, John. My wife of more than 20 years, Lisa, is remarkably strong, much more so than I. Her outlook on life is always positive and has motivated me to resume my passion project. Research for new episodes is now well underway. Stay tuned and sincere thanks for subscribing to my podcast. At that point, I just knew that my basketball career was over, was taken to the hospital, and the doctor told me that there's a possibility we had to amputate that arm. At the time, Adam, I couldn't even put a spoon to my mouth and eat. It was a fight to come back. I was out a whole year just rehabbing the arm and just getting the strength back and getting the mobility. Then you are in Australia right now. You're talking NBA basketball. You're talking great teams. You're talking great individual players. Takes it off and there's number 23. And of course, Johnny goes nuts. So I'll get first time thinking about it now. I just tried to go out there and play my game. I have no idea what you're talking about, Adam. I don't like anybody. I'm not a people person. Strand, you made the pass. Yes. Christian, can you catch the ball? Yes. All the stars were aligned and all the muscles fired at the right time. And I was able to get off the ground and throw one down. I was saving that as a surprise for you. And now... Introducing your host for In All Airness, Adam Ryan. Welcome to episode 120. Thanks for joining me. A new format for you today. I welcome your feedback on whether you'd enjoy more episodes released in this style. I'm pleased to welcome 10-year NBA veteran Terry Davis. All going to plan, Terry will join the show at a future date for a deep dive on his life in basketball. Here... Terry reflects on his NBA return and pivotal role in the debut of Washington's MCI Center early in the 1998 NBA season. Shout out to great friend of the show, Jim McElvain, whose VHS tape of this game, his Sonics played against Terry's Wizards, is the source audio you'll hear during this episode. Now, normally I'd preface a conversation with facts and figures about my guests. However, in this format, it's best to listen and learn as the episode unfolds. Towards the end of the episode, I'll share another great podcast review. If you can spare a moment or two, please add your review via your listening app. It'd be most appreciated. Show notes for this episode and access to a huge archive of past episodes are available at inallairness.com. Now, onto the show. 1994 NBA All-Star and 19-year veteran enforcer, the great Charles Oakley, has had a notable influence on Terry Davis's life. They are both products of Virginia Union. Here's Terry on the impact of his mentor, Oakley. Oh, man. Adam Charles, he's like a big brother to me, first of all. Coming out of high school, I wanted to be the next Charles Oakley. It wasn't Michael Jordan. Charles Oakley was my role model. And I just loved everything about his basketball game and And once I got to Virginia Union, he just came back and took me under his wing as a little brother and started working with me and put me in the weight room. And he wanted me to put on size and and be a big enforcer like him. And he made sure that he was preparing me for the NBA every summer. He's the reason I came to Virginia Union. I had saw what my college coach and Coach Robbins had done with him in his four years at Virginia Union. And how he had made him such an outstanding and great player. 
and Virginia Union during the summertime, that's where a lot of us come and practice and train. And in that little bit of jam on campus, we don't have air conditioning or no heating system. And it's like 120 degrees in the summer. <laughs> it's very hot in there and it's very good to train in there, Adam, because it really gets you in shape and, and it really gets you in condition to prepare you for the NBA. So a lot of guys like to come over there in that little sweat box and work out. And how Oakley does it is all about hard work. It's all about discipline and it's all about details. That's what he passed down to us, and he just prepared us, man. And we're so thankful to have a Charles Oakley to be able to be our role model. Prior to the 1992 NBA season, Terry Davis signed as an unrestricted free agent with the Dallas Mavericks. He had been recently released after two seasons with expansion franchise, the Miami Heat. Through his second season with the Mavericks, Davis was putting up Charles Oakley-type numbers. Per basketballreference.com, Terry averaged 11.5 points and 9.6 rebounds in just 32 minutes per game. He started 141 of a possible 143 games. In his second game of the 1993 campaign, Davis exploded for a career-high 35 points and grabbed 17 rebounds in a victory over the visiting Atlanta Hawks. Though Terry's 1993 Mavericks struggled mightily, their 11th win was the team's final regular season game, Life was good for Davis. He was 25 years old, playing great basketball, and about to enter his peak years as a pro. On May 2nd, 1993, just eight days removed from Dallas's regular season finale, in the blink of an eye, Terry's life changed forever. He was involved in a one-car accident in South Boston, Virginia. Per the Odessa American newspaper, Terry lost control of his car and struck a tree. Among numerous injuries sustained, Terry suffered a shattered left elbow. Tragically, one passenger died in the wreck. The Mavs team physician, one of three doctors to perform reconstructive surgery on Davis's shooting arm, cautioned that even with hard work and a positive attitude, Terry may never recover sufficiently to be an effective player again. Adam, it was the 93 summer after I had an outstanding season with Dallas that year, and they had just gave me extension with the team, and I came home that summer, and I was in a serious car accident back in my hometown and crushed my elbow and 20 different pieces, my shooting arm at that, my left hand. At that point, I just knew that my basketball career was over, was taken to the hospital, and the doctor told me that there's a possibility we had to amputate that arm. And at that point, I called Norm Sanju, and the Dallas Mavericks, Norm, right off the back, he wanted to know where was I and, and how could he help me? And he said, OK, I'll be there first thing in the morning to get you from Dallas. I sent a jet there and he did. And he brought me back to Dallas. And for 30 days, I was there in the hospital, seven surgeries on the elbow and pins and wires and screws I still have in it. Norm came by every day and read the Bible with me and prayed over me and just told me to keep the faith and don't worry about the contract and, and everything will work out. And, and it was him, man, that gave me the hope and care to continue on and don't worry about the financial side of it, just get healthy. And, and that's what I did, man. And I just had that big support team from everybody and from Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, they was calling the hospital and just supporting me. and. 
And I just continued to work and rehab. And at the time, Adam, I couldn't even put a spoon to my mouth and eat. It was a fight to come back. I was out a whole year just rehabbing the arm and just getting the strength back and getting the mobility. My thoughts were, at the time, I just always had a passion for basketball. I thought that if I was taken off the court and I wasn't able to play again, that I still wanted to be around basketball. I wanted to be a part of it because I just had such a love and passion for it. Even in college, I got a degree in elementary education. And my thoughts was that even after my basketball career was over, I wanted to come back and coach slash teach. And coaching has always been something that I wanted to do. And even after I retired at the NBA, I came back to Virginia Union and coached for three or four years where we won back-to-back championships and a national championship. Wanted to still be on the bench and wanted to be around basketball. And, and I know coaching would keep me around it. And by the grace of God, I was able to rehab and, and come back. And that's how I got the bigger staff in the Wizards. Almost a year to the day after being waived by the Dallas Mavericks, on October 27th of 1997, Terry signed as a free agent with the Washington Wizards. It was coming from that summer working Ben Wallace out at the gym. And basically, I was in retirement and he went back and Ben expressed to Wes Unsell that I was still in pretty good shape. And, and that's when Wes Unsell gave me the call and asked me that I wanted to be a part of the organization. And he had a spot for me because George Mirison was hurt. And that's how I joined the Washington Wizards and had the opportunity to play in that game. In a late November 1997 article by Mitch Lawrence in New York's Daily News, Terry was quoted, I feel like this is my rookie season. I'm more excited than I've ever been about basketball. In that same article, his coach Bernie Bickerstaff, Terry has been a godsend. We needed a guy like him, someone willing to do the dirty work. I was just like a kid in a candy shop to get back on the basketball court again and have the opportunity to play again. And and this time around, man, it wasn't taken for granted. And I just had a a whole nother passion for the game and, and for life and for basketball. This leads us to December the 2nd, 1997. Seattle Supersonics at the newly renamed Washington Wizards. This would be the first game played in the new MCI Center, purpose-built and financed by the Wizards' owner, Abe Polin. The game was telecast on TNT. Commentators were Vern Lundquist and Doc Rivers with sideline comments from Brian Burwell. Lifelong dream for the franchise owner, Abe Polin, and his wife, Irene. They stood by earlier tonight as the retired numbers of this franchise were unveiled and the championship banner from 1978 moved from the old arena to the new. And among those in attendance tonight, the President of the United States. President Clinton is one of the 20,600 fortunate enough to have a seat in this magnificent new arena. The culmination of a 30-year plan for A. Poland, built privately, for an excessive amount of $200 million. Exactly 24 years earlier, in 1973, Seattle met Washington for the opening game of its then new home, the Capitol Center. Back to the future. Due to a delay with the completion of the MCI Center, the first five home games of the 1998 season were played at US Airways Arena in Landover, Maryland. When you start out 0-5, you need excitement at home. Now, they don't count those first five games as really home games. This is the true one. 
President Clinton visited the Wizards locker room before tip-off? Um, it was amazing because we knew the president was coming and they had the whole security thing. Sitting in the locker room, the president came in and he was speaking to all the players and then he came up to my locker and he was like, hey, Terry. And I was like, whoa, the president is speaking to me? <laughs> and I had no idea that the president would even know my name. But after I thought about it, I'm like, okay, the president reads the newspaper every day. He knows who the Washington Wizards is. I mean, <laughs> he's just like everybody else. He's a sports fan. But I was just so amazed that the president spoke to me and it was just an amazing day. Welcome back to downtown Washington, D.C. Game number one in the MCI Center. Terry took part in the ceremonial opening tip against the Sonics' Vin Baker. Wizards owner Abe Poland did the honours. Thank you for coming, Mr. President. Thank you. You honour us with your presence. Thank you, sir. And now, ladies and gentlemen, David Stern will pass the ball to Mr. Abe Poland, who will throw up the ceremonial first jump ball in MCI Center. And the whole trivial buzz was who was going to score the first basket. So they knew I wasn't going to score. They knew Jawan Howard or, <laughs> or Chris Weber or Rod Strickland or Kyle Cheney. One of them was going to shoot it. I was the last one that was going to win that million dollars. Quick pass down to Calvert Cheney. He'll take the first shot in the new arena, and it will not fall. Rebound. Jawan Howard back outside. Strickland will set it up. Well, everyone wants to get into the history books, so I'm surprised that you had five balls on the court right now. <laughs> Chris Weber, they double him. He goes underneath. Calvert Cheney will try again. The tip is good. Harry Davis gets the first basket in the MCI Center. By the grace of God, the shot went up, and I was able to get the tip in. Terry Davis got the first hoop. Yeah, there's your, your question right there for trivia, and it's nice that he got it. Here's a guy who's been out of the league and has fought his way back in the league, and he gets the first basket. It's kind of nice for him. I asked Davis how often he had watched the game in the almost 25 years since it happened and was surprised to hear his response. I'm so grateful and thankful, man, that you sent it for me. I hadn't seen it. I know I played in it. I know the moment, but I'd never actually seen the play. I'd never even known how it happened to actually get to see the recording, man. I was like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> I was able to show my grandkids the other day, and I'm really grateful you sent the footage, man, because I would have never probably seen it or know what happened on the play. And, man, I'm just... So excited to know it happened and see how it happened and to see my young self again. In the paint, Davis gets two more. Well, they're going to use McElvain to lead Davis. And Davis has a red dot on his head tonight because he's going to be the guy that's going to have to score for the Wizards to win. He connected on another tip-in, this time off a missed shot, giving him six points inside the game's first three minutes. Terry couldn't have asked for a better start to the game. Yes, he's real happy right now. He likes having that dot on his head because he's going to get off. With just over six minutes left in the first quarter, Davis scored another bucket, a putback off a Jawan Howard miss. Howard left alone, and the putback from Davis, he's got eight points. 
We took a quick detour when I asked Terry to describe being teammates with former Fab Five members Howard and Chris Webber, not to mention Rod Strickland, arguably the greatest player to never be named an NBA All-Star. When I came in the league, I played against a lot of guys that post up and play with their back to the basket and they were strong and they was big. But Jawan and Chris, they was doing things that I hadn't seen before. They were taking guys off the dribble and they was facing up. And Chris, he was just dunking in any way he wanted it. He just wouldn't do anything simple. He had to twist and turn it and turn around and do it backwards. And I was like, my God, man. <laughs> and Jawan, he was just so gifted and talented, man. He can just hit the jumper from anywhere on the floor and just so smart, man. They were just great to play with because it was like we played on the string. They know where to be and they always had my back. And, and all I had to do was just rebound and, and play defense because they were so gifted offensively, man. I didn't even have to think about scoring because if it touched either one of those hands, they were going to score or get to the free throw line. I agree 100% with Rod. Playing with Rod, it was like when I played with Jason Kidd in Dallas. I never played with a point guard like that, that thought pass first and then shot second. It was just so unselfish and just ran the team and just knew where he wanted you to be. And a great leader, man. He definitely gets my vote for Hall of Fame 100%. Night in, night out, he played hurt. Just so talented. All I had to do was just play my role, man. And that's what it made it a lot of fun for me. And I was just excited to be on their team, and we became very good friends, and, and they a great group of guys, man, off the court, and, and we had a lot of fun in D.C., man. Returning to the game at hand, Calvert Chaney drove baseline before dishing off a bounce pass to Davis near the rim. He put it in and had 10 points with four minutes left in the first. Terry also nabbed five rebounds in the opening quarter. Calvert Chaney. Davis has double digits. I don't know. I think Bernie Davis must have known the game plan because they're looking for Davis also. And he's 5 of 5 from the field. Davis is doing the right thing. He's being aggressive. After one period, the Wizards led 29-25. Nice move by Gary Payton. Good ball movement from Ellis to find Wingate. And then the shot won't fall. Davis clears for the Wizards. Five rebounds for Davis to complement his offensive work. I tell Baker you what, and Davis. Oh, they're going at it. I can't believe there's no call. <laughs> and there it is. Oh, my. Watch the battle with Davis and Baker. I thought it was a fight at first down there. I mean, they're, they are really going at it. And what Baker is doing, he's trying to fight them all. He knows the last time he got the best of them, he does not like it. And you can see it right there. Wow. Well, at the end of all of that, the foul was called on Ben Baker, yes. his third, so he has to sit. So Davis did exactly what he wanted to do. He's getting points, he's keeping Baker off the boards, and now he's out of the game. At the half, the Wizards' lead was 6, 51-45. And here's Davis. Why not when you're hot? Boy, how about that? Wow. I see guys on the bench giving each other high fives right now. They're excited too for him. Terry Davis is 7 of 8 from the field. Terry Davis with another rebound. That's 7 for Davis tonight. Offensive board again, Terry Davis. Boy, he's a warrior. <laughs> After three quarters, the Wizards had a commanding 74-63 to 63 lead. 
I mean, that's just pure effort. Where's Wes Unsell when you need him? Because that's him right there. Ten rebounds tonight for Terry Davis. Final score, Wizards 95, Sonics 78. Washington improved to 6-11. and 11. Seattle dropped to 13-4. and 95-78, the final. The Washington Wizards win it convincingly over Seattle. And let's check in with Brian Burwell. Thank you, Vern. Now, 20 years from now, Terry Davis, you're going to be the answer to a trivia question. Who scored the first basket in the MCI Center? Was there much talk among the team about who was going to break the ice on that first basket? We haven't come out of the team to get a win tonight. We've been tough at home. Uh, we haven't got a win at home, so we're just happy to get a win at home tonight. It seems as though there was a whole lot more energy here. Was it tough playing those first five games in an arena that you knew you were getting ready to get out of? It was very tough. You know, we won some tough games on the road. So we just wanted to come in tonight and come out with a victory. President Clinton visited both teams. What did he have to say to you guys before the game? He just wanted to say hello and good luck, and uh, I think he gave us a good luck charm tonight. All right. Well, thank you very much, Terry Davis. And he was a hard-working man under the boards tonight, Doc. Very hard. Hardest-working man in show business tonight. He was. 14 points total for Terry Davis, 10 rebounds, 95-78 the final. Terry Davis, our butt player of the game. Davis registered 14 points on 7 of 10 field goals, 10 rebounds, 4 on the offensive boards, and 2 steals in only 33 minutes. For the Wizards, Jawan Howard had 18 points and 10 rebounds, Tracy Murray had 18 points, Rod Strickland had a terrific game with 13 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. For the Sonics, Vin Baker led all scorers with 22, and former guest and great friend of the show, Detlef Schrempf, had 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 10 assists for Seattle. Terry reflects on his post-game interview on TNT. Oh, man, Adam, it was really a special moment for me, man. And that's what I was saying to him, how grateful and thankful I was to, you know, even be back after I was out of the game and fight my way back and and then get the opportunity in the NBA and be able to get that start to even be able to get the tip in and get the first shot. It was just overwhelming, man, to know that I was sitting at home and out of basketball and out of the NBA and then be standing here and to be player of the game. I'm the player of the game. Are you serious? And I'm looking at Juwan Howard and Chris Webber walking behind me, and they telling me to come over there with the mic. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm Michael Jordan today, <laughs> and I'm going to get my moment. I'm on TNT. So, hey, everybody home, South Boston. Thank you. And that moment, man, was like one of the biggest moments that I can ever accomplish for myself, Adam, knowing that I was out of the game and then come back and I was in a starting role and got the opportunity to hit the first basket. And I just knew that God gave me another opportunity to do it. And, and I was just grateful, man, more than anything. Terry on his NBA journey and his moment in NBA history. That's my claim to fame, man. That's all I have. You know what I mean? Is <laughs> that point I scored in the MCI building. So you never forget your claim to fame, man. I had my whole family there. My mom was there and, and the whole church family was there. I don't, you know, really care about being on an all-star team or being this great player or whatever. But it's those moments, man, that I look back and made my career. It's always the journey and things that happen in the journey that I look back on and, and really made the NBA fun. And, and those was one of the games, man, that I always cherished. And, and I was so grateful that I went down in that little history 
and I'm only two hours away from it. So a lot of times I ride up and I stop by the MCI Center and give it a salute and say, hey, that's the building. I scored the first basket. The MCI Centre would become Verizon Centre from 2006 through 2017 and is now known as Capital One Arena. Will Terry return to the show and discuss more of his playing career? Well, thanks for having me, but you got to keep on sending me footage and I keep on coming on. So (laughs) (laughs) you got to keep on doing your homework, man. (laughs) Keep on researching and keep on sending me stuff, man. (laughs) Thanks a lot for having me, though, Adam, man. Thanks for listening. I welcome your interaction with the show. You can suggest topics or guests you want to hear conversations with. Send me an email and audio clips are welcome. Inallairness at gmail.com. Time now to share another great review from a fan of the show. Thanks to Blazers History via Apple Podcasts USA. It's titled Top Notch Pod and is rated five stars. Thank you very much. And it reads, I just listened to the podcast you did with Joe. It was great to hear the background of how you started and how you made contact with the many guests you've had over the years. Wonderful behind-the-scenes info. Keep it up, Jim. Thank you very much, Jim. I do appreciate that. Jim is referring to episode 118 of the show. I guested on the NBL Pocket Pod, hosted by Joe, a good mate of mine here in Australia. If you enjoy NBA history, and let's be honest, if you're this far into the episode, you clearly do. Check out Jim's online presence. His Twitter handle is at 77, the number 77, Blazers. And his website can be found by visiting 77trailblazers.weebly.com. Worldwide, the show has 180 ratings on Apple Podcasts with an average of four and a half stars with 95 reviews across all providers. Thanks for your continued support. If you add a review, I'd love to read it out on a future episode. Your ratings and reviews are one of the best ways to support the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please tell your basketball-loving friends about it. Word-of-mouth recommendations are worth their weight in gold. Stay up to date with my podcast and subscribe to my free email newsletter. You'll receive exclusive details on upcoming podcast episodes, future guests to appear on the show, and more. Simply email me inallairness at gmail.com. You can follow my show in various ways. Search for In All Airness, three words, on your podcast app of choice. The show is readily available on most listening platforms. Check the podcast archives for plenty more episodes with a great range of guests. Follow me on social media. My handle on Instagram and Twitter is at In All Airness. Search In All Airness on Facebook and YouTube too. Join me next time for another edition of the show.